Hey everybody, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. This is Letterman Live. It is brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. We are in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. The season is getting closer. The middle of July, we're a couple weeks away from media days, three weeks of, three weeks or so away from the start of training camp. So we're going to have a lot more football to talk about. It's football weather wait. outside. It feels it great. Kind of it's actually, we're out this weekend. It was like, is this uh, July or does this feel like October? Either way, I it's like it. a little it. balmy for October. <clears throat> well, yeah, probably right. Catch but a few of those days there in October. Those though, nice yeah. days. That's Justin's wick, Nicole Cox, ready to hit the links this afternoon. <laughs> both of those, two, they're not they're playing without us. They look golf ready, both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. got to be. Yeah. Bobby Carpenter. nice. And <laughs> Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. And Thank you. Thank you. We're talking about football. It's, gosh, I hope the Buckeyes can survive without a top twenty coach this year. Um, <laughs> that was news to me this weekend, and I'm curious everyone's thoughts. Clearly, the list is inaccurate. Pro Football Focus we use them a lot. They're very generally very accurate, Bob. When you look at grading players and giving some feedback and NFL potential, but they don't seem to have a good feel for evaluating coaches. I'm just trying to figure out what the criteria used. I mean, pro football focus is such an analytics driven. And so if they said, hey, Ryan Day doesn't qualify because he's been there less than three se- three seasons or less or whatever it is, I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess you can say that. But if you look at some of the other coaches that have been on there, they're not nearly as accomplished in a, during a longer tenure. And I, I, do, I will say this, that there is always the worry that, that he could be Larry Coker or Mark Helfrich. Now, with the way he's recruiting and the way he actually coaches in-game, I would say that that's not accurate. I, Mark Helfrich, I think, was a pretty good offensive coordinator for Oregon and did a decent job running. He just couldn't recruit and couldn't run a program. Larry Coker, good at nothing, um, but had <coughs> the most talented team in the history. Good at taking over a great team, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, dude woke up. For a little while. <laughs> yeah, for a little while. I yeah, for say a, he got, yeah, a couple he, years. He got the Rick Ross treatment. He woke up yeah. in a new Bugatti and was like, hey, here we go. Yeah, Just drive right. this thing and around. And he drove it off the road. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but not before he could still win. He still won some races mm-hmm. before he ultimately took it off the road. I mean, he should have won two national titles in a row if it wasn't for the fact that their their offense and defensive game plans in Miami were just like, hey, show up and we got like three. <laughs> Get off the bus. We like run, go out like, and win. Offensively, they ran like five plays. I mean, not I mean, they were like five run, five pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's literally mostly it. And defensively, they did about the same thing. It's like our dudes are just better than your dudes, yep. and they'll just beat you straight up every single time. And that was true until they found some people that like Mark D'Antoni put together an unbelievable game plan, neutralized them a little bit, got up on them mm-hmm. for some pressure. Then we just like took Craig and made his head into an anvil. We're like, we're just going to run the quarterback <laughs> power 18 Boom. times. No one Boom. else, no one else. No is leading rusher. <laughs> Nobody anticipated the Craig Krenz. No. Here, here's yeah. the irony. Caught like, him off guard. What is it about the Urban Meyer? Power? Urban Meyer has like popularized the QB power, but Jim Trussell oh, was God, way yeah. ahead of the way time. Ahead of the time. <laughs> he took that out of the winner's lower version. Yes. <laughs> but that's like, that was, I don't know if that's the word. Like, Hey, if we put him in here in two years, is he fired at Ohio state in their six and six, but the way that they're recruiting, that's literally not possible because they have better players than everybody by a significantly wide margin. So, I mean, we could literally get Ward and Berm out there. Probably here's a place sheet. You just, point and shoot and you're still going to win 11 games i'm not even sure who the the 12th team is that would potentially beat you I, i'm just gonna have jay-z train me for a couple weeks and play quarterback for this team <laughs> done that amount of talent yeah. i think anybody can oh. do it um jay-z we were talking about this before the show and just would it would anybody from pro football fo- focus do this for attention or just to rile up the ohio <laughs> state fan base and i don't believe so because you are from my perspective having worked in media now for far too long 
you're sacrificing your credibility for this for a very short-term benefit. You're believing that most people care about their credibility. Yeah. At this well, point. And, but and, the, <clears throat> the, the return it's on this is It's an anonymous name, so, you know. It's, it's a not PFF anonymous. They put, Nobody knows the guy who the hell put his PFF name on Seth is. The yeah, but you, my thing was more for the site. Like, if you're a site that wants to be taken seriously... How do you put that list out there? Unless it's like Bobby said, you have criteria where he just doesn't meet the criteria. But, you know, from some of the other guys on that list, it doesn't appear that you have to be around for that long or, you know, this sort of thing. Um, so I, I thought more for the site you wouldn't want to put it out there. It feels like a huge troll job to me. And it happens, I feel like, every year for Ohio State, whether it's, you know, Michigan's going to win the Big Ten this year. You know, every year it's something that Ohio State's not where we are, where we really are in reality you know everybody tries to push up other people and or other teams just cuz they they're tired of us being so there it seems like i asked phil Steele about this who i mean i would argue that phil Steele knows more about every credibility every right. college football team if you've ever read his yeah. college football oh, preview gosh, yeah. i mean it's amazing you could be like hey phil who's the best wide receiver in the mac east <laughs> you know like i mean he would mm -hmm. be able to boom well i got these three guys we got Akron here ohio university yeah. these guys i mean dead serious and I think he does it pretty unbiasedly. I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of, he breaks it down really well. And you can look. People at Michigan said, this is great. There's a great line where he's like, oh, he hates Michigan. They, he had read it, I'm ranked 60th this year. And like two years ago, he had him ranked third, and they finished yeah. unranked. So like they burned him <laughs> on the other side. And so over the past five years, he's had him high, and they've been unranked. He's had him a little lower, and then they finished a little higher. But he's kind of been right in the middle mm -hmm. Most of the time, and just to speak to you know how unbiased he is about everything, and so I asked him, "Where where do you have Ryan Day right?" He's like, "I mean, probably third, but no worse than sixth or seventh." Mm. I mean, yeah. it's like okay, you want to put him at ten, all right? We can get yeah. in the argument. They didn't have the body of work. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that someone's going to sit there and try to objectively say, yeah. "Hey, there's all these guys who you would take over him," I, I don't think that that it's fundamentally flawed it's, yeah it's obviously a biased opinion and right, i think that you know <laughs> no but i think that reading any news now it's like saying rooster's wings aren't good i well it's just not we true let, we just let not the not public true. vote on that we have won award-winning wings <laughs> yeah we year did. after year which, objective fact which we are it we are very appreciative of but it is with any news you read now you have to take it upon yourself like okay who am i hearing this from so and i think just a random list going out like that obviously there's bias in it unless someone who's putting it out there is known for just putting out the facts and evaluating coaches but I, well that's what makes it kind of weird because you do get some good stuff from that site right really do <clears throat> and it's just it, it, it's mind-blowing that they could sit there and put him down the list you know it, i I don't understand it. It's got to be one of those things where it's like, hey, they know this is going to blow up for a couple of days, and then, hey, we're going to put out another article next week, and everybody will forget about what we, yeah, what we said like, last week. The best coaches under 44 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They'll be first. He won't, no, yeah. he won't be on that one at all. The, yeah. the thing that, that, that I just don't understand, Bob brought this up, is that the body of work, has he been doing it long enough? Did he just take over this great situation from Urban Meyer? Well, I don't remember that being the standard for Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Everyone just mm -hmm. tripping all over themselves to say, he's the greatest coach of all time, the boy wonder. He's held to a very different standard, and he took over a situation that was every bit the same. All the com all the conversations about Ryan Day taking over Urban Meyer. Was, I would say this he actually, the Bob it's, I would say it's actually Ryan. a different situation because Ohio State Ryan Day to take over after a you know catastrophe, so to speak, uh, you know you know controversy and all that. Lincoln Riley is a great coach. Ryan Day is a great coach. You guys know you you've been in the Ohio State program. If you're talking Ohio State, 
it just draws more attention. So you just do it and you, you go for it because you know that fans are going to be outraged no matter what. Mm-hmm. But you, couldn't you, you have done on the other that side, by if you go, if saying you go, he was 10th? Like what no, but you, if you go out there and say Ryan Day is the third best coach in college football, which I think most people would say he's in that top three at this point, uh, then you have the other fan bases go, oh, how dare you? You get the pitchforks that way. You get the pitchforks this way. Everyone just loves pitchforks. Well, that's what makes it so <laughs> bizarre that you don't even put him in the top 20. It is. Like, we're talking about Lance Leopold taking over Kansas and being in the top 10. Or the Kansas. irony with that, because like he came from Buffalo and was great. I'm like, hey, Turner Gill did the same thing. How did that work out? Exactly. Like a lot of the. By the way, Les Miles. Like, no, Amer- golly, American Moses. hero and American champion. He, the uh, Michigan man mystique has right. really taken quite, yeah. quite a He's blow. not getting that Michigan job anytime soon. His argument of, hey, we're going to let guys settle it on the practice field. <laughs> Go hit each other. Wait, oh, yeah. So, so right, line up one-on-one. On he's not even joking. He actually no. really likes this approach at camp. I mean, you know what? Like, that's, that's something. Like, let him settle on the field. Hey, you're trying to loosen your teammates' lug nuts so maybe the yeah. tire falls off. <laughs> I mean, what? You're going to wreck and die because uh, you said he might be selling drugs. Threatening I mean, the kid and his family. Oh, you know. like, what's going on here? At the end of it, though, it's if a you're it's gonna a kill him, kill him on the field. Well, exactly. With the old fashioned. Yeah, it's, it's a heartwarming story because you know Colonel Jessup issues the code red, but then they try to transfer him off the base. They give him some cash. Go back to West Virginia. We'll Take pay for your pay for schooling, yeah. and we'll give you a stipend to live with. Yeah. I'm like. But you're living at home. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fantastic. All totaling fifty thousand dollars, and we'll have you sign a, a, a NDA and just lock that thing up, and but it's all think, good. Don't think there's not a silver lining here. The kid didn't have to go to Kansas anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but, he but he's in West, West Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> all right, West by God. Is that your silver lining? Uh, okay. I guess the re- the way I look at it, Nicole, beautiful country, West Virginia, is if you're going to rank these coaches, you'd better say that you would hire all twenty of those people mm-hmm. before Ryan Day, and that's the part that I think yes. is ludicrous. Because you're not going to pass him over. You're not going to pass him over. And a lot of what coaching has become in college football is recruiting. And what has he done since he's taken over? He seems pretty good at that. He's done really well. And he's going to continue to do real well. And I mean, that's that's half the battle. Like you were talking about earlier. You got got the players. You can call whatever you want almost on the the field because you have better players than everybody else. And he's recruiting better players. He's had to deal with so much in just these two years. I think you found out a lot more about Ryan Dave going through the COVID year. Chase Young suspension, quarterback, all all the things he's had to deal with through two years. It's not a normal two years that he's been going through. So you learn a lot more through people in those those challenging situations, I think. Absolutely. And guys, we went to a national championship last year. Oh, that's year. right. Oh, isn't gosh, it, did isn't we? Yeah. that I mean, isn't, beat Dabo. in the grand scheme of this whole game of football, isn't that the goal, the Super Bowl and the national championship? And we went last year. So obviously the coach has something to do with that. And let alone however we how many recruits we had, I mean how many players we had go into the NFL. I mean, there's just something to be said for that. That's that's what's the most impressive thing. He's never lost a conference game, never lost a regular season game. Um, is that good? He's made it to the playoff both times. It's only been a couple years. Though. And he's won a game, which is something Lincoln Riley can't say, which is mm-hmm. something Brian Kelly can't say. All these guys that are ahead of him, I'm like, he's been there twice. Six quarters of embarrassing the hell out of Brett Venables. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, you're you're a misstep away, maybe a ten things, a, a targeting. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. these different things from potentially winning both years. So that's the thing that, you know, they have Ed Orgeron there. I love Ed Orgeron. I think he's awesome. He is Foghorn Leghorn as a human being. He's the guy that you envision coaching LSU. If you're going to write yes. a movie, he's like, and it's like the water swole boy. Less, he's swole less miles. He really is. And so that's well, like, then we know how he's, this is going to He's end. more yes. of a swole they coach from Waterboys. Like, you can't not, understand. Let's not try to say that like I last haven't. year was some great 
job. I mean, he they fell apart mightily after one mm-hmm. season. So took a backup quarterback from Ohio State to get him to national championship. A hundred percent. So they've still got a way to go. We'll see. That's where quarterback transitions. That's where it proves. And so I give Ryan Day a little bit of credit because he was the OC for Haskins, and then he ultimately takes Fields, and he was able to make that transition. He's gonna have to make one more pivot this year, and I, mm-hmm. I think everybody anticipates he'll do a good job, but. You have to pivot with those quarterbacks. That's when you really get to see how good these coaches are. This year kind of tells the tale for him, I yeah. think. You know, as far as that national perception, you go with Lincoln Riley. Obviously, he goes from Heisman winner to Heisman winner to Heisman winner. It's pretty easy in that instance. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. None of those guys were players he developed or or recruited. I mean, they were trained. Developed here. Right. So now you see what Ryan Day can do elsewhere. from that side of things. Yeah, yeah, that should be the Oklahoma slogan. Developed elsewhere. elsewhere. Um <laughs> At this point, I think that it, it's really going to be the the tail of the tape for Ryan Day. Like I said, if if CJ Stroud comes out and the Buckeyes are what everyone mm-hmm. thinks they're going to be, and it's Ryan Day from start to finish, you know, from the recruiting to the developing to the waiting to the playing, then all of a sudden, I think you'll see those th- that list will change next year as long as things go the way people expect it to. Okay, what Ryan. is what is expectations? Have they changed? Win the Big Ten, compete in the college football <clears throat> playoff, and and beat and, Michigan and get back to Bama. So. The most interesting part of that for evaluating Ryan Day is if he's getting that defensive coordinator higher right. We talked about it all last year, the return of Kerry Combs. He didn't get that spring ball, didn't get training camp, had to replace three NFL uh, defensive backs. So it's secondary week at Letterman Row, and we're going to have to give out some Buckeye Leaf projections for who to watch in the Ohio State secondary this year. Nicole, the notebook is full over there. Yes. We're just going to let you start. Who, <laughs> well, who needs to step up for Ohio State to get that done this year? Well, I think, like you were saying, I think we need to – I think Kerry Combs is wonderful, and a lot of that comes from his energy. His energy is contagious, and it – I think as a coach, kids can really – no matter what kind of personality you have, he can make you successful. He just, he's... Can you take that away when you have to go through Zoom? Like, it, it's not, it wasn't the same. Oh, exactly. And it was, he was his first year back and we had lost so many guys. So, absolutely. So, I think after, through everyone, I think Lathan Ransom is mm. the guy that we need to really take a look at. He, you know, was a true freshman last year, but he was thrown in there and he had some good plays in the Sugar Bowl in the Big Ten. And he's versatile. He can play some corners, some safety and so yeah lathan ransom i know Berm likes that did you know that he's from arizona Berm? i did oh yeah hmm. interesting nice you go visit him <laughs> in arizona Berm? Oh, we actually he came to visit us when we were in arizona for the uh came and hang out with us at Camelback. for the 20 gosh you guys are so cool I they come to that. visit you huh yeah. well you know <laughs> he was in town it's so the we were power like, hey, of the brand and the power of the brand i guess by. yeah wow Usually people think that they're going to get roosters if they come see us. I love. We, we pretended like we. That had was something. disappointing uh, when he got there. Ah, <laughs> there's no wind. There we would. <laughs> oh well, it was a fun trip anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Z, I'm going seven banks this year. I, I think, you know, we we've had years where we've had this lockdown guy. We know who it is going into the year. I think he was the guy who maybe came on a little strong. You know, got a little bit better as the year went on last year. Maybe realizing that he needed to step up and take that role. So I think this year, you know, with the young group that we have back there he, he's got a lot of experience i think he takes over and, and i think he's our lockdown guy that we can just say all right you're on an island you're going to do your thing and we're going to you know play our defense around that so i'm looking forward to him you know i'm, I'm guessing he had a great off season and he, he's ready to rock and he wants to be that next uh db taken in, in the first round or in the top 10 yeah he was playing <clears throat> at a high level at the end of last year probably the best of any ohio state cornerback but he wasn't fully healthy he said that nagging lower body mm-hmm. issue which held him out of spring so he had to get healthy, but he was playing pretty well. Made some big plays, especially in that Sugar Bowl. 
Uh, Bob's go no, to Burma. No, we, no, I know who he's going to take, so we can let him go. Well, that's why I want to hear. So that way, uh, that way you're don't not going to take his guy. I promise you. You sure? I'm, po- I'm, I'm not. 100% I'm positive. not going that direction. Yes, you. Are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to say a couple things. Number one, Nicole, <laughs> See, now he's going to schlegs it. Like schlegs it. <laughs> then, <laughs> Nicole's completely break down everybody. Lathan Ransom is the is the difference maker in the secondary this year. I think if he steps up and is what people think he will be and what he was developing into last year, I think he can be sort of a, a difference maker in the whole defense. Um, Court Williams and his recovery and, and him getting back to being able to play is huge for for the Buckeyes. He was gonna, now you took Bob's guy, aka Jailhouse. Court was going to start last year as a true freshman, and you know him tearing his uh, ACL uh, early in the season, lower body injury, lower body injury, an early fall camp kind of changed a lot of things. Then Cam Brown hurting his Achilles, lower body injury. Um, I kind of like using the hockey lingo now. Yeah. You know, so you had a lot of moving parts, but to me, the, the thing that has to happen is that Ryan Watts or Legend Cavazos has to be able to step up and play considerable quality minutes opposite of Seven Banks, because I believe Seven Banks is going to be a first-round pick next year. Those what other, about Cam Brown? Why are you leaving out Cam Brown, bud? What about him? I, I'm saying there has to be a third. Third, okay. Well, you yeah. left out Cam Brown. That's that's where Kerry Combs is successful. Oh I, yeah, he likes to roll the dudes, rolling dudes. You have to have that third guy, and one of those because I'm counting on Cam Brown being one of the other two. Gotcha. It has to be Cavazos or Watts to step up and and, and really take that step. So I heard your ears kind of perked up because I think you thought I said rolling dudes. Because <laughs> what I hear you've been using your paper not for writing. But for rolling doobies. Doobie. That seems like some inaccurate information, Bob. <clears throat> well, you are from you writer, huh? You are from uh, Wyoming out there. I do know they got great hydroponics and a lot of things. Just because it's close to Colorado, you're going to make right us there, change then. the rating on our show. <laughs> well, that's good. It's, hey, this is this is kid friendly. Um, that's illegal, so, okay? Court William, it is. Well, not in Colorado, it's not. And in, not in a lot of places, uh, they'll kick you out of the Olympics for that. They will. That, <laughs> that will get you. That is true. Every time. Um, so when you look at this, you know, Court Williams, my man, jailhouse over there. I like what he's been able to bring. Nice, thick neck, stout, sturdy <laughs> dude. Like he, he's put he's together. Gonna, he is put together. He's eventually going to be an outside linebacker. He don't yeah, can you play it. DB with a stiff neck? He's he eventually going to be he, president. Of the he'll United be a State. great star. Like he'll be a great star, like a nickelback to be able to be a mm-hmm. run piece. Like he's going to be, what do they call that guy? The bandit bullet. or bullet, bullet or whatever heck we got going on. So there's that. The guy who I want to take though, and I, I believe me, the, the corner rotation, it would be great if you could have both Watts and Legend Cavallo step up, and then you have a nice little four-bagger where you can roll those guys in and out and match up really, really well because Watts looked really good in the spring game. He's tall, he's long, he's got great quickness for a guy his height, and he can bend well, which is really tough when you're a 6'2", 6'3", six, 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 corner. That's mm-hmm. not, people don't realize That's the, a big dis- corner. the disadvantage. <laughs> it's an advantage down the field, mm-hmm. high-point balls, but short-range quickness, yeah. trying to be able to anticipate. When you've got a longer lever, it just takes longer to get your foot in the ground and be able to convert, but the guy I'm going to go with, one of my favorites, and I love talking to my guy, Ryan Clark, uh, you know, with ESPN, he played at LSU, and he loves physical, physical defensive backs. I mean, the guy who is going for home run shots every time. I mean, he is, he is the Adam. Sometimes to his guy. detriment. You're taking off. He's the Adam, he's the Adam Dunn of free safeties. <laughs> he may strike out, but he also might hit a home run. Uh, the guy, Josh Proctor. I mean, he can look like a dog chasing cars out there. 
And we all remember the, the terrible angle he took on Trevor Lawrence on his quarterback scramble. Well, the field, like, the, you know, the turf slipped out of his feet, Bob. Let's not. I just want to see Josh Proctor catch a ball. No. He did in the How Big many, Ten Championship uh, game, as you might recall. It was yeah. a game-sealing interception. Boom. So let's just cool it okay. with the Proctor. <laughs> got, Cue the film. I knew you were taking his guy. He's, got, he's well, very emotional about he's Josh got, Proctor. He's got <laughs> average suspect hands, huh. but he will knock you. He will try to knock you out, as we saw at the end of. you got to have a guy like what, was, well, was that those, the end of the Big Ten Championship? Those hands are for Oh, Those hands are for punching. They're not. Yeah, they're not for catching. catching. As long as they punch the ball in the air, that's all that matters. <laughs> on a benign, benign run at the end of the game, <laughs> and he just smokes him on the sideline. So if he can be the middle of the field safety that can go numbers to numbers, I mean, he's got range. He can see the field. Get him locked in a little bit on the film room. I know this is a big year because I think he's he's trying to jettison out of here and get to the NFL, and he's very very gifted. So if he can have that type of year where he can be the piece in the middle, I think that is a huge benefit for this Buckeye defense. I think he's another person that was really, you know, everybody missed out on not having spring, but to to sit in a room with Kerry Combs, he was being asked to replace a three year starter, oh, Jordan, a day one yeah. NFL player yeah. who was the most reliable player on Ohio State's defense, and he was not ready to do that last year mm-hmm. I, i'm not breaking any news there that's his own admission uh the coaching staff his family they're like, well he's gone into this year he's, i think that maturity piece has finally come together he's talking about the game slowing down <laughs> normally you know when you start actually being able to talk about what your role is and how to do it like that helps right Bob? explain to me what you do <laughs> like he wasn't able to do that what is and, it you say you do <laughs> <laughs> a little bit office space coming <laughs> well. Usually so, get here about fifteen. So he's got late. he's got the flair. I think he's got forty one pieces of flair that <laughs> forty one pieces of flair that can go out there. I mean, he's definitely he has to be that guy. That's fine if you want to do the minimum. But you <laughs> some people do more than that. We're we're at Roosters, okay? We don't have to wear the flair here. Um, you're going to have that one deep safety. That's critical for the defense. But you also you need some of these other guys to step up and do it. Um, Cameron Martinez is an interesting yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. Two-way player, Cameron Martinez. Mm-hmm. Just get talk kid, about him. Let him return some punts and kicks. That's all. That's all I'm asking. But I think that Cameron Nine Brown's minutes of touchdowns on his senior film. <laughs> Nine minutes of nothing <laughs> but touchdowns. He play, he's from Western Michigan. Like he play, like, how, many, how many minutes of touchdowns did you have yeah. at Lancaster? Let me tell you this, Coach. Not, not nine minutes. Okay. Okay. Not nine minutes worth, but they, he better, was quarterback in Maslin and didn't have nine minutes of touchdown. I don't know. You could it was probably, probably twelve. You could probably <laughs> put together that for him, especially you pulling some of that Orville film. Yeah, I guess if yeah, you, you have, bring in. I mean, yeah, over a hundred touchdowns all together. I guess if you have the really long, you know, the play from the start to the to the end, where he throws a little <laughs> bubble screen and the guy takes it eighty yards for him. What? This guy's. A, I don't even know what he's talking about. I like. Listen, I, I, so you were you obviously a big Cam Martinez fan, so you've been in on him since the very beginning. Since his freshman year of high school, but yeah. And you're so you're defensive about people no, not picking listen, your guy. No, he's got a lot of your he's way. Both, he's he's you know, like a lot of both guys Michiganites. <clears throat> you know, I get it. <laughs> once you cross the border, yeah, once you cross the border, you just don't know anymore. He's like a lot of guys in the secondary that you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know what you're going to get out of out of uh, Ronnie Hickman. You don't know what you're going to get out of Bryson Shaw. You got all these moving parts of guys that didn't get to play last year when they would have. And so you just have a lot of things. And Cam's obviously a little bit further behind coming over from offense in high school, but you know in a spot right now where there's not been anyone else below those first couple guys that stepped up. So it's about who works the hardest and who puts in the time. And I think Cameron Brown's injury was a much more devastating loss for Ohio State than maybe we considered at the time. Uh, I I saw him during those workouts last month when Ohio State was having camps and I was sneaking in to see the current team. He looked healthy, looked fantastic. When he played pretty well. He was uh, the most experienced at corner. 
Like Sean Wade had played more snaps, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that hurt last year. He had he more down. snaps at outside corner than both Sean Wade and Seven Banks going into the year. If you remember, he filled in pretty well the year before uh, against for Michigan nets, when yeah. Sean when Sean was out. Yeah. And he did a good job. I mean, I thought he played very very well for being a young player that they was just thrust into battle. Do we know anything about Demario? Is he going to be vying super for Demario? Any, any that's playing time in that in that secondary? Incorrect. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm the just, punt returner, too. Well, that's what I mean. That, that's what made me think about it. The punt returner, hey, kick return. Okay. If Ryan Day puts Demario McCall back, hold on, hold on. We return, should put an explicit. He should not should be put, in the top twenty. We should, put, in we should put an explicit uh, lyric warning on this because Austin's going to start talking about Demario. That's when <laughs> it's time get to get him fired up. Beep beep beep. <laughs> I should probably just stop. Nicole, uh, <laughs> National Wing Day is coming. Mm. 29th. What are we doing? We're throwing we a big party are or something? Seventy-nine cent boneless. Oh snap! Yes. What day of the week is the 29th? Is it a Monday? It's, it's a Thursday. A Thursday. Yeah. Thirsty Thursday. Yeah, got to go for a second time that week. <laughs> I know. Yes. All right. It's coming. And we got Mott Sticks are the appetizer of the week. You got a song for Do it. It's Appetizer Tuesday. I'll have to talk to Schlegs about getting the nice ooey gooey cheese that's deep fried mm. and just dipped in the Bobby, marinara. Not in the ranch. are just ooey, phenomenal. Ooey. Oh, yeah. We should pay you to endorse for us. This is so <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Hey, listen. I could just eat all the roosters. I love it. We, we eat it all week long. We get some here. The kids love it. They enjoy it. I mean, but Appetizer oh. Tuesday, featured appetizer. Mm. That's Mott Sticks. Uh, Two bucks all day long in store at in store on Tuesday. It's it great. is. It is a steal. There's six, six in there. That's fantastic. Well, sometimes you get seven. Dine in only. Dine in only. Dine in only. Come get them. That's Appetizer Tuesday. Nicole's going to go get ready to hit the links. We're Start training for wait, for uh, Chicken Wing Day. Yes. It's coming. I'm, I'll be ready. Uh, we'll be right back uh, on Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. This is Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. Bob, as you look at this, we talked, we touched on a lot about the players out there, and you look at Kerry Combs year one back. Uh, Matt Barnes making a bigger Im- impact now. He's going to be working more with the safeties to let Kerry Combs take that big picture role. What did you make of that year one, or did you have to just throw it away for Kerry Combs because of all those the context? If I hear anybody else besmirch Kerry Combs' good name, like. All that all that happened as soon as um oh, he took over. What's his name? He went to Boston College. Jeff Hafley. Jeff Hafley. Jeff Hafley left. <clears throat> what are we gonna do? Like, can we get Kerry Combs back? That'll solve all our problems. Mm-hmm. Then he comes here. Yeah, we got him. You have no. <laughs> you had two first round corners leave. A fifth round safety who had five picks. I think his rookie year in the NFL was a great player. Mm-hmm. And then no off season. Guys starting, stopping, going home, coming mm-hmm. back. Guys you know, leaving. Oh, by the back. way, you lost Chase Young, who was the best part of your secondary because you yeah. had less than, three seconds, <laughs> exactly. less than three seconds to throw the football. And then they're like, wait, why are they so bad? They can't coach. Like, you got guys out there who don't know what's going on because they didn't get a chance to have any spring, limited mm-hmm. summer. They've never really played all. Oh, Cam Brown, blow your Achilles. You get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on. Get out of here. Uh, Marcus Williamson, you're one of our most experienced guys. Go play you, safety. You play nickel, but we're going to need you to play from middle of the field free, even though you've never really done that outside of like probably practice once in a while. You lose Amir Reap. You lose uh, Jocelyn Wint. So two yeah. other guys have played a, a lot played heading a lot. into the season. 
Yeah. And your and your one A guy maybe didn't have the best year that you were hoping that he was going to have. He moved positions, moved outside, and you but, think, well, maybe we'll lock that down, but it didn't happen. So he's battling a turf toe. You know, yeah. John's battling oh, for a turf sure, yeah. toe, too, and he moved outside. He didn't get the reps. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a million things, a confluence of 100%. events. 100%. And all of a sudden, people are like, this is a do-or-die year for Kerry Combs. <laughs> all he's done, first of all, I don't care how – Let's pretend for a second like he doesn't know what he's doing coaching football at a, like as a, a schematic level. Okay. He recruits the best. I don't, I don't know best. if I can even pretend. Well, no, I know, right? Let's yeah. pretend that he yeah. like doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's Larry Coker back there. doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's recruited some of the best defense, all of the best defensive backs of the last like seven or eight years, and he's done a great job since he's been back bringing in more elite dudes. Mm-hmm. So at the worst case scenario, you can just line up and be like, hey, you dudes cover those dudes, and we'll be pretty good. We'll talk to Larry Johnson about these guys, yeah. all these five-star defensive linemen, rush them up front, Al, make sure the linebackers tackle guys when they run the ball. And we'll have the most basic defensive scheme ever, and we'll still be better than people. So, like, assuming that's the baseline, he's, like, way above there. Because right. he's schematically, he's really good. He understands, you know, what to do. And just talking, he goes, man, I got a full education in the NFL about understanding things. You know, he's coaching high school, he's coaching college, did a good job in the NFL, but just understanding how guys make these level jumps, the expectations you have. They brought in Matt Barnes. Matt's doing a great job back there coaching the corner or safeties, and you know, Kerry's still really hands-on uh, with the corners and everything that happens. I would anticipate that this year – for a number of reasons, is going to be significantly better. Are they going to be like the historically the best defense in Ohio State <laughs> history? I don't know if we're going to get all the way there because I still think they're pretty young and inexperienced mm-hmm. in some positions. But I believe that they've got the, the, the skeleton, if you will, to be a top 10 defense in the country. And to go on top of that, they have a spring practice where, you yes. know, they, they have a normal, somewhat normal offseason as compared to, hey, new coach coming in. Everybody knew about him, but these players didn't really know because we've had everybody leave. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't get to coach his guys the way he probably wanted to going into that season. Then you throw some injuries on top of it. And, you know, you're, you're trying to piece together a secondary. That's not easy to do in, in the Big Ten. So, you know, having this full year, you know, getting back in. And I'm sure he's – he always has a, a fire lit under – himself but give me some juice but i'm sure he wants to come out and show you know you know screw you guys you want to talk like i don't know what i'm doing back here you know he wants he wants a little bit of that so he wants to have a good year with the titans had like the best cornerbacks in the nfl in the two years he was there right i mean they were pretty darn close to the top of the nfl's past ranking yeah it's not like he had to leave the nfl he made that decision he also had two years of of recruiting at ohio state that happened after he left that he's now having to play with parts that are not his Mm -hmm. um and then you see you know Kerry Combs is playing with parts that aren't yours. Uh, bad, always recommended. Bad, bad By decision. By the way, <laughs> bad decision. Monday it can go Bill, wrong real quick. It can go wrong. <laughs> Monday was Bill Cosby's birthday, so mm. I don't know if that's related or not. No. And also think. National Jello Day. Are those two things really on the same day? <clears throat> it's like something. It's, it almost Monday, has to be, right? If they made a Jello Day, it's got to be on Bill Cosby's Sometimes birthday. Sometimes the fates just line up. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was a coincidence. No. no. God, I don't know the I'm sure they named it after him years Jell-O, ago. The point is not right when he got out of jail. Existed before the point Bill is. Cosby's first birthday. There was a lot of moving parts, and they were not his parts. Mm-hmm. Now he has his parts, and he just it, went right back to it again. These, even co- after these coaches, especially coaches like Kerry Combs, want guys that are in the mold he wants guys. And so now you go out, you get. They want to play with their own pieces. You want to play with your own parts. Yeah. Okay. And when you have defensive backs now coming in, especially at corner, I think this is where things get really different for Ohio State is if 
Jordan Hancock and J.K. Johnson can step up as true freshmen who were not early. No, J.K. No, it's, it's and Jacqueline uh, <laughs> Johnson. Oh. and Jordan Hancock. At least said Herbie Hancock. Negative. Uh, it's Herbie. Once you have these guys come in, and, and they didn't enroll early, which I think hurts Ohio State a little bit because those might be the two most talented corners, just you know, top to bottom, or what you're looking at down the road. Um, so if those guys can make an impact, then you you step up here and you get some some fresh fresh blood, and I think that's really something that they need. I think that. I'm so distracted right now. Yeah. Well, Bob you, really – You let Bob rattle you Really there. went off the rails there way <laughs> earlier than I anticipated. Yeah, it was much sooner in the show than it normally happens. I guess I'm kind of a, a broken record on this with trying to explain why it was so challenging for Ohio State in the secondary last year. It's not – I'm not apologizing or even making excuses. What The numbers speak for themselves. They weren't acceptable for Ohio State. But you also have to put it into context for the future of the program that – to write him off after that one year or to write any of these, you know, seven banks or Josh Proctor, yeah. whoever else, like is is foolish <clears throat> to think that Ohio State can't bounce back this year. There is a large difference between excuses and explanation. Sure. Yeah. But I just I you know, I think we've certainly heard I think that. if anything last year is gonna be good because those guys are hearing all this crap all all off season, all you know, they have a year of experience, the guys who were actually got to play and who weren't injured last year and they want to come out and prove something this year, too. Did you see Nick Castellanos after the Reds-Brewers game on Sunday? That would be you making the assumption that I've the watched Reds? baseball. I was somebody I watching <clears throat> I, I saw it on the Reds Twitter. on a Saturday okay, so, in July. So they were doing a post-game interview with Castellanos. Are you a Detroit Tigers fan? I'm not. <laughs> they were doing a post-game interview with Castellanos, and it was live. And he said, you know, before the game, some clown was talking to a bunch of, like, didn't put, you know, didn't bleep it out about our bullpen. And he's like, so, so eat that or something. It was just like. And I think you sometimes have to have that attitude. You've mm-hmm. got to listen to this stuff. Kerry Combs is a, is a consummate professional. He's not going to come out and, and point fingers at people and say, oh, how dare you guys you know, question me or anything like that. But at some point, there has to be a, at least a, an expectation of, okay, what he's done has been proven out mm-hmm. over the years. And you let things normalize yeah. and then see how well, it Well, we got so used to losing a first-rounder and coming back next year and having another first-rounder. That's not going to happen every single year, you know. So, I mean, this well, is one – last year was one that we found that out. I just go back to the fact that everyone remembers the Devonta Smith touchdown, you know, on Tough <clears> Borland. He's lined up at threes inside. You know, it's, it's a bad mismatch. It's and they just, did a good job moving. It's, it's something it's, – it's a – you know, an issue in that coverage. And, you know, you can try to flip and move some stuff. And, you know, Tuff obviously is in the most fleet of foot. You have the Heisman Trophy winner in there. And all of a sudden, I go back, like, why wasn't the free, seat, free safety helping him on that play? And I'm like, oh, because Marcus Williamson is in the middle of the field. Why is he back there? Like, that's not where he plays. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Kerry. He's like, we didn't have anybody else. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we didn't have anybody else. Like, <laughs> there were no other guys. He's like, we couldn't even get to our full dime package because we didn't have like Enough. a full complement of players. Not just guys we felt confident in. There were other guys in protocol, quarantine, bottled mm-hmm. up in cages, yeah. like couldn't get out. I mean, and so this is what you had. So you, you make do. We with were it. not far from Guantanamo. That, no, <laughs> that play became sort of the flashpoint for the whole year, where everyone. Why is Kerry putting yeah. in? Like I can't believe he did that. Yeah, that, was, keep that was the design for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah. That would, like they we, wanted. Yeah, to Tuff's going to cover him all night long. It's going to be perfect. Secret weapon. Let's <laughs> just put him in the slot against the Heisman winner. <laughs> yeah, but they, the reason that they wound up playing so many four linebacker packages, they thought they could maybe take away the run, which they really did against Najee Harris, made him feel it throughout that game, which he acknowledged afterwards, but. They had to make their choice. They mm-hmm. didn't have enough guys to stop everything. Also, Alabama was pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. One of the more talented teams, obviously, you could say. And you could argue that might be Nick Saban's like, 
best team that he's well, had. Eight of the eight well, again, some of those guys that come players back. in yeah. the draft were from that team. So I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's not too shabby. That does seem good. Um, <laughs> the other the other part that tells you that Ryan Day is putting that into context, Berm, is that when he had the chance to make a hire in the offseason uh, to supplement what Kerry Combs was doing. He just gave Matt Barnes a promotion and then brought Parker Fleming along, gave him that full-time role of coaching special teams. So that tells you that he believes in what Kerry Combs is doing when he gets a full year and that he believes in what Matt Barnes is doing. And that's why Ryan Day is in the top 20 head coach? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Uh, no, obviously, Matt Barnes has proven himself in the last couple of years to be a guy that the players on that program love. I mean, he's an extremely high-level uh, teacher of the game, and that's something that people are really looking for. That, there's, a, there's a little bit of a parallel between what Ryan Day did with Corey Dennis, which is you know having – he could have gone out and got his, another big-time quarterback coach, but Ryan Day wanted a quarterback coach that could teach Ryan Day's offense. Kerry Combs and, and Ryan Day, to a lesser degree, want to have a coach back there that can teach the way that, Matt, that Kerry Combs wants to teach, and that's what Matt Barnes can do. So they're, it's sort of an extension of, of themselves as opposed to going out and finding another personality that maybe can come in and, and bring their own ideas to the table because we saw what happened when, when that occurred in 2019 with Mike Yurcich, and there was some headbutting uh, at Ohio State on the offensive side of the ball right that away. really wasn't what Ryan Day wanted. So once you start to see that you know the guys that are in the program understand it, they know how to teach it, they understand the culture, it makes m- much more sense. But you also have to know that that guy's a dude, and Matt Barnes is a mm-hmm. dude. Matt Barnes is a really good coach and an exceptional recruiter. He also calls Berm JB. Oh, they're friends. That's Wait, happened to So a nick- <laughs> like, uh, your nickname's Berm, not JB. Do you ever correct him? No. He's <sighs> only done it once. It he actually just- has like 20 nicknames, and none of them are JB. Well, I mean, I do. I'm I'm the ninth of the eleven children in my family. Nine of us have, or eight of us have the initials JDB. So, like, literally, eight of us are JB. Wow. Hmm. And you would be the Not last a, one. I would call. I him. would be the last one because I was I was like the last one, last in line. Yeah. So we've got to get that straight. He, my, my nephew like Max, J who's here. Names. My nephew Max, who's here watching the show. Max is not a JBD. My brother Josh, <laughs> Max calls, which is Max's father. He calls him JB. I don't know why. Why do you call your dad JB? Why oh, wow. We are off the rails now. And we're yelling out. <laughs> going we're, the we're going into the audience. Uh, Get him the microphone, Spencer. <laughs> well, we want to hear his question. I, I will say why this. Why do you call your dad JB instead of just dad or whatever? Sam started yeah. calling Sam. Sam. Sam started it. Sam's his brother. brother. Yeah. They're, they're all named after dogs. So I will give you this. <laughs> Sam and Max. I will say this. Boy, AJ, I really let this I do know go. Max. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk calls his dad Pistol. Pistol, yeah. And that's like his nickname that everyone calls him now, even his wife, like AJ's mom sometimes. And it's derived off, because his name's Dean Keith. Um, Grandpa goes by Dino. Like, people at work call him Keith. But everyone else, like most people call him Pistol. And I was like, where did that come from? He goes, because he tried to demonstrate to us how to do the Pistol Pete video. The whole basketball <laughs> video. He goes, it was so bad. Like, all right, Pistol. And so that was started like ages. Like, we were like fourth or fifth grade, him and his brother Ryan. He's like, that is what has kind of led to this now. And is that right? ever since then, he's always been always, Pistol Hawk. I've always wondered that. Jay-Z, do you have something weird that you need to throw in before? I don't. Here? Okay. No. I didn't think I so. think it's enough weirdness. Yeah, we got. But, well. Uh-oh. July 12th. <laughs> it's confirmed. July 12th. Uh, outside of it being National, today. Jo- National Eat Your Jello Day, Bill Cosby's birthday. It's also the – it'll be coming up here soon in like two or three years. I think it was 1804, maybe 1805, uh, the anniversary of how we used to solve things when we had political issues in the United States. 
We take it. We there. take it to the duel. We take it to the duel. More pistol In talk. The duel. Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton, shooting the duel in New York City. Bring it. Bring it back. This is where Les Miles got the idea. <clears throat> what do you think about this? It was the Aaron Burr, current uh, current vice president of the United States at that time under Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, the former Secretary of State, and this is how we're going to solve the problem. <laughs> right out. Let's take it outside. Let's take it outside. And there was like some sort of levels, like seven levels of honor I was reading about, and somehow they'd exhausted all the other ones. The duel was the final one. I believe it's the Ten Duel Commandments, and that yeah. is a song on the you know Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> I believe it's song number like 12 or something. There you go. So mm, now he's, go. Ba- he's buried somewhere in New York City. Get in the car when we're traveling on the road, which fortunately we're going to get to do for every game this year. Mm-hmm. Berm's phone connects. The first thing that automatically pops up is Hamilton the Hamilton soundtrack. Because it's alphabetical order, you see. And it's Alexander Hamilton. Hmm. And that's, you know. Iffy. Well, pardon me. I think, I think your most played is the one that pops up the first, isn't it? Pardon me. For, well, I are mean, you wearing Burr? It's probably been I mean, I've never first. seen, you know, well, that the, the show or the play well, or the head, soundtrack, so I guess I can't say up. anything. Oh, and sure. Just going going to ride with you guys wait, wait, doing an away game? You've never seen Hamilton? No. You should probably watch it. Probably. You've never seen Star Wars either. I haven't. You should probably watch that, too. Indiana Jones. You should probably watch that. Yeah. You've never seen Indiana Jones? I don't think Jay-Z cares about movies. Wait, I do love movies, actually. I just, you know, I hated Star Trek growing up. My dad loved it, and so, like, anything... Okay, so what, that way, what's, I just what's what's the go-to movie in the Zwick home? Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have something he can relate to. Gladiator. <laughs> and Gladiator was on the other day. That's Usual good. Suspects. Berm is. I don't know. Tomb, tombstone. After I've lost complete control I mean, those are of duels. Life. Duels, yes. Tombstone duels. There we go. All right. Well, we came full circle. That's a good spot <laughs> to wrap it up. This has been Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. Come in for two dollars mozzarella mm. cheese sticks on Appetizer mm. Tuesday. Thanks to Nicole Cox for having us in here. It's Jay Z, Bobby Carpenter, and JB. I am Austin Ford. <laughs> we'll see you next week for Letterman Live.